Uh, KC, are you there? I am here. Oh, hey. Hey there, honey. Hi. If you just look just a little bit to your left, you'll actually be able to see me. Oh, shit. Hi. Hi. Did hey you, there. like, teleport? No. No? No, I've been here the whole time. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, today we're going over more Bible stuff, honey. Yes. Yeah. Would you uh, like to tell us about it? So I that, will. So that I can fix it all and tell y'all about it later. Yeah. Uh, you'll definitely have to uh, have to fix some of these things. Okay. Um, okay. So today on the podcast, we're going over Judges 2 and 3 and Boys at a Wild Ride. Okay. <laughs> First of all, we're going to talk about the elders' periods. Uh, the Joshua and Moses... <laughs> Uh, you know, apparently they had periods and we're going to discuss what those were like. Apparently they tore shit up. Um, and then there's a new generation of Jews. Let's call this the J generation for Jews, uh, because they become idolaters and they're pretty much shit in general. Uh, the Jews are once again defeated by sin. They're as apostates. Always. The, uh, well, I don't know if apostate is the correct term oh well, yeah actually is exactly the correct term is exactly the correct term okay so they're apostates um and then there's going to be more slavery the jews get their caverns pillaged and um the judges uh, uh various judges are raised up to rescue the damsel jews um and then god was a dick and allowed uh you know these pagan people to live just to test the jews it's going to be a test. It is a final. There's no cheating. Okay, Jews. Oh, it's not a final. Oh, no. Okay, you're also, right. Also, they're this still isn't... called Israelites at this time. They're not Jews yet. Uh, six and one. Oh, um, oh. <clears throat> Israel or the Jews fail yet again, of yeah. course. Um, and then uh, the Mesopotamouths are the first to <laughs> enslave the Jews. Um, they The Jews end up calling out to God, and he answers with an Adi. Um, which is apparently a guy uh, who delivers them from shit, uh, and they have 40 years of peace until they can, you know, forget <sighs> about, you know, all the slavery again. Which I don't know how you forget about slavery 40 years. Like, like even today, we remember the fucking slavery in the Americas. I don't see how they forget about the slavery, like, and shit. That, anyways, 40 years seems like a short amount of time to forget shit. Um and then Ben Carson steps up and uh, saves the Jews from the Moabizes, Mobizes, uh, who are enshrined in the Palm Springs of the Middle East. Oh my God. Uh, ben Carson ends up killing a king. Wow, this guy Ben Carson's a great a great HUD supervisor, dude. Um, oh and he delivers the Jews, but it's not delivery; it's Jewajorno. <laughs> This is the worst one you've ever done. <laughs> uh, and then and then we've got Shamu the judge who kills about 600 people with a cattle prod. Yeah. And um, Shamu saves the Jewajornos. Oh, my. And that's that's where we're going to end today. The... Shamu saving the Jewajornos. Oh, my. Y'all, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, that is what we're talking about, but basically, like, no, no, baby. Oh my! Y'all are gonna see I'm I'm right in all in all this. <laughs> like by the end of the episode, you're gonna be like, yeah, GE's version was better. <laughs> right. What's up, heathens? How, How y'all doing? doing? 
Uh, so yeah, today we're going over uh, the first three judges, as well as why the Hebrews or the Jews or the Israelites, whatever the they, Israelites, the Israelites, whatever their name is, why they need judges and shit. So we're yeah. gonna be going over that today. And of course, my intro was horribly bad. Uh, which for those of you that have made it this far and haven't cut out already, which <laughs> some people love to let me know in the comments. Uh, thank you, you for sticking un- around. This was this was unwatchable after 40 seconds. L- look, <laughs> that was a test. God tested you and they failed, just like the Jew of Jornos. Oh, my. Anyways, uh, Casey, why don't you go ahead and take us through it? So let's let's add a, let's add a little bit of like um, system context here to the to the whole thing. You talked about how you don't know how they could have forgotten over, like, 40 years. Yeah. Well, so the total time of the judges was about 340 years. About. Okay, so it's a long time. Like, this is a long time. The The degradation of the society into um, apostasy was was a long time. And oh, you're talking about from Joshua? Yes. Well, I was talking about... Like later on, because the judges are successive, oh. and so like yeah. it's like forty years. Oh, I get he, what you're saying because the after the first there were there was peace after the first judge for forty years. Then after the second judge for okay, I get what you're saying. I'm sorry. I thought you meant forty years like forty years since they were uh, slaves in Israel. Oh no, or I mean I'm sorry in Egypt. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, all right. So I misunderstood. So the period of the judges is a long is is quite a long time, um, but. We're going to start off with how, and, and this is Judges chapter 2 and 3 is what we're doing today, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a significant difference between the Israelites of old, the Israelites of Joshua, Aaron, and Moses, and, you know, all of them, uh, to what there is now in, the, not now, like now, but now in the Bible where we are. I think you can draw a parallel from like the 1950s assholes to the millennials now. I mean, they're both assholes, but like the millennials are ruining shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the millennials are ruining everything. Like I think, I think they're just very different. I think... Well, no, I'm just saying that this new generation of Jews is is like the millennials now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of like the millennials. Yeah, so in comparison, I would say, I but but to be fair, the older generations did a lot of shit that created some of the problems we're dealing with today, which is the same as what's going to happen here in the book, right? So. The period of the elders, these were the people who served the Lord throughout their lifetime of Joshua and Moses. Um, And and the original elders, the original leaders of the church, the the Levite elders, those people who all had a closer connection with God. They saw, supposedly, the things that God had done for Israel. So the newer generation, the younger, the younger generation never saw any of those things where we are in, you know, uh, oh, I pseudo history, mm-hmm. <laughs> where, where we are in pseudo history. Now, these people haven't ever seen any of the stuff that God did for Israel with their own eyes. So it's just stories to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, Here, I'll just go ahead and and start start reading. The people served the Lord throughout their lifetime of Joshua and the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. After that, 
a whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel, which I find particularly interesting because they have all kinds of rules that require them to make periodic sacrifices. Their calendar is based on when they make sacrifices and how they're supposed to worship. And um, it's based on when they have to travel to, um, I don't know, they don't do the Mecca thing, but you know what I'm talking about when they, when they make their, their journeys and um, they have to read the entirety of the books of Moses, every periodic, you know, they have their, I think that's like seven years, right? They sit and read the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so the Levites are supposed to be keeping this up and the Levites are spread out between or amongst all of the different tribes of Israel. Well, they make it out to be like this degradation in the process happened in one generation. Yes. Like, like in the Bible, you'll notice that everything like, like there are a few things that happen slowly, like the descent into apostasy here, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but like, it, it just seemed to happen like immediately. Like in this case, like the generation, uh, like one, just all of a sudden one generation was like, you know what? Fuck all of this shit. I don't like killing goats every goddamn day. I don't see anybody splitting waters and shit. I'm not going to teach my kid that bullshit. I'm going to go fuck this Midianite bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how, that's kind of how it is. It does say that after the elders were gathered to their fathers, which means after they died, um, the new generation grew up. So it would be their kids, but see, that's, that's just not, it's not logical to think that it would have happened that quickly because those people would have seen it as children growing up with it. And plus it took a long time for them to take the entire, supposedly take the entire region, which is what we hear in Joshua, come to find out that's not actually what happens. Right. Um, so yeah, they forget. All right. So the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. Um, They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the people around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him and served Baal and the uh, Ashtoreths. Um, So their sin, we already know based on previous stuff we've, we've talked about in earlier scripture that Doing this is going to cause a lot of problems for the Israelites, right? Right. This is the – what they're laying out here is the basic theme of the entire judges, like or at least the foundational theme of yeah, it. Yeah, why? Why do we need the judges? This is where we're, we're headed. Right. And um, it's, it, it's all about failing God or not ad- adhering to God's word and then how they fail. Yeah. Is what they're setting up here. And how this is actually used in sermons today is they connect this serving of other gods with like sins of the flesh or or other what they call uh, idols. Uh, you know, and, and that could be anything from, you know, more money, uh, hot bitches, whatever. Like, I mean, it can it can be anything, but these are other idols and everything like that. And so when you drift away from serving God and, and serve these um, 
fleshly desires is what they say, mm -hmm. uh, that's when, you know, bad shit starts happening in your life. Like anything bad that happens after that point is because God's punishing you. That's how they actually use this in sermons. And it works. And, and a proof that it works is if you, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Anthony Magna Bosco, but, um, if you watch some of his videos and he talks to, he talks to random people, um, does street epistemology. He's exceptional at it. Um, and it's really interesting. If you don't know of Anthony Magna Bosco, you should check him out on Twitter. He's at Magna Bosco and on YouTube, just look up Anthony Magna Bosco. But I've watched some of his videos where he has, um, he has people on there. He was talking to this one girl in one video where she, um, he was talking to her about, um, basically her method for determining what she believes. And she basically said, well, you know, when I'm not going to church, and I'm not praying or I'm not doing the things that I know God would want me to do. My life seems to go worse. And then when I start to pray and I go back to church and I do the things I'm supposed to do, my life seems to get better. And so this, that kind of thought stems from this kind of thing, th this exact thing that we've, we've talked about in the Old Testament quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Life without God is bad. Life with God is good. And he will reward you for good behavior and punish you for bad behavior. Well, and also this is a manipulation tactic. It is. Because it causes you to see patterns where there aren't any patterns. Like, you know, you getting into a wreck would have happened regardless of whether or not you went to church that week. Right. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you get into a wreck is because you were going to church or maybe you were at church and you got into a wreck or something like that. I, I don't know. Or maybe it's because you skipped church and you got into a wreck and you were someplace that you weren't. All of these things are just haphazard things that happen. But see, in the Bible and in uh, Jewish and Christian thought, everything has a reason and uh, everything has a purpose. Mm -hmm. So you, they train your mind to see patterns and reasons and purposes where there just simply aren't. Yeah, and it's and it's not even just a an an action based thing like what you do. It's also about what you think. Uh, one of the girls that Anthony um, talked to, she said that even if she thinks something bad. Like if somebody does something that makes her mad and she thinks, God, I hate this bitch or whatever, you know what I mean? Or she thinks something, if she thinks something that would upset God, if she said it, then she like, I don't know, not necessarily gets in a wreck, but does badly on a test. Mm -hmm. She literally thinks that because she thought that bad thing about this person that she got in that, that that's why she did worse on her test. And if she hadn't had those evil thoughts that she probably would have done better on her test. And so this is just, it's, it's really bad for you psychologically. I vividly remember going through that as a young kid, like, uh, you know, thinking that, Oh, I did this one thing and that caused me to do or to something bad happened to me. Like yeah. I, I vividly remember that happening multiple times. Well, it takes away any kind of personal responsibility yeah. um, from, from your life essentially because you're handing it all over, which is a huge thing. Hand it to God, give it to God. I mean, we saw, we've seen all week with uh, hurricane Michael coming through and all the people, um, all the people who live in some of these towns who 
first of all, I didn't, I don't know if you saw, I didn't see a single interview where the person didn't mention God. Yeah. Um, which was really disturbing for, to me. Um, but <laughs> cause God would have sent the fucking hurricane that blew your shit down but you're going to give thanks to God that you're alive. It's like, well, you know, I'm just glad he didn't kill my ass too. I mean. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very strange. There's another, I actually saw an article a little while ago where um, it was a church that was completely like, basically all that was standing was like beams, uh, beams on the sides of the building, metal ones. Everything that wasn't metal was like blown out. Um, and then the cross is still standing on the top. And so there's people like, praise God, God is with us because the cross is still there. That says a lot. And I'm like, 12 people died, Karen. <laughs> I thought it. You said it. <laughs> the fucking Karen that posted that goddamn article. <laughs> but I don't know if it was Karen. Was it a Karen? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I just used Karen because it's funny. But and somebody that's named Karen is listening to this and is like, what the fuck did I do? It wasn't you, Karen. It was another one. It was a different Karen. The Karen that did that is not going to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> don't worry about it. You're cool, Karen. But it's just like, and it's kind of the similar story where people talk about, um, like, there was a fire and the only thing that wasn't burnt was the Bible. And, and it's like, praise God, God is with us. This is a sign. And I'm like, your, your, your mom died. <laughs> well, no, I think it was uh, one person had a house fire and it's like the Bible wasn't burned or something because mm -hmm. it has like flame retardant fucking paper or whatever kind of material it's made out of is flame retardant. Yeah. And, and the, and the woman's like, my sister died, but this Bible survived. Praise God. It's like your sister died. Died. <laughs> yeah, your sister died. Like she died, and like yeah, praise God. So it's just it's interesting the what uh, what religion does to your mind. Yeah, uh, it's it's very interesting to me. Okay. Um, so yeah, we have gone on like way off of the deep end here. Okay, so because of how the Israelites have fallen into uh, apostasy and idolatry, they need to be rescued, right? Because of course they're not going to do it themselves and they don't have a link to God anymore. Um, so they need a leader, mm -hmm. which is what the judges are. So it says the Lord, um, Oh, sin brings defeat. We haven't gotten there. His anger against Israel um, in his anger against Israel, the Lord handed them over to raiders who plundered them. He sold them to their enemies all around whom they were no longer able to resist. Wherever Israel went uh, or whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them just as he had sworn to them. And they were in great distress. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders Yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. Unlike their fathers, they quickly turned uh, from the way in which the fathers had walked, the way of obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies, as long as the judge lived. For the Lord had compassion on them as they groaned under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to the ways even more corrupt than those of their fathers, following other gods and serving and worshiping them. They refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and said, because this nation has violated the covenant that I laid down for their forefathers and has not listened to me, I will no longer drive out them. I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. 
Uh, I will use them to test Israel and see whether they will keep the way of the Lord and walk in it as their forefathers did. The Lord had allowed those nations to remain. He did not drive them out at, at once by giving them into the hands of Joshua. So apparently, according to this right here, Judges chapter 2, 20 through 23, God purposefully left uh, Canaanites there, other nations there who were pagans in order to test them. Um, and this has happened multiple times throughout the Bible where God has done something that purposefully laid the grounds for the Israelites to be tested and to see if they would fail or see, and then, and then would work against them to make sure that they did. It's, it's interesting, manipulative, really fucked up relationship that if you applied it to like people, like human people, you'd be like, this is abusive and you need to get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. I can also see God as Donald Trump here and be like, <laughs> yeah, this was a test. I promise you it was a test. There's no way that I was fucking you up because I wanted to fuck you up. It, Who did you vote test. for? Who did you vote for? <laughs> it better be me and not that Yahweh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, these are the nations that the Lord left to test all of those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not had previous battle experience. So apparently that's why he made it to where the Israelites had to fight all of them was to teach them lessons of warfare. Oh, yeah. Okay. So which, uh, you yeah. uh, know, the five rulers of the pa uh, Philistines, let's see, all of the Canaanites, the the uh, Sidon, Sidonians and the Hivites living in Lebanon, uh, mountains from Baal Hermon to Lebo Hamath, they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands, which he had given their forefathers through Moses. Um, the Israelites lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and they took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. All right. So... This causes problems for them, obviously. Right. Right? So, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and they forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the uh, Asherahs. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of the Cushan Rishathim, king of Aram Naharim, which is uh, northwest Mesopotamia. Okay. The Mesopotamians, got it. Yes, these are the do Mesopotamians. You, do you think that it was more like a heartburn kind of thing that God had? Like God God was like, oh, God, these fucking Israelites. Oh, they really <laughs> aggravate all these goddamn ulcers I have and give me heartburn. Maybe. Fuck, would you just fuck them up already? Just fuck <laughs> them up, okay? I'm tired of it. It'll make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because it... It makes it out like God is sending these people after, but God doesn't control these people. <laughs> they don't follow God. So they don't follow the God of Abraham, right? So it's really right. weird. It's just, it's written very strangely. Um, so these are the Mesopotamians. So the Israelites were subjected to the Mesopotamians for eight, uh, for 80, or sorry, for eight years. Okay. So the Israelites cried out to God, who they apparently forgot, but now they know and want to follow for mm -hmm. some reason. Um, and God raised them up for, uh, raised them up a deliverer, right? Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother who saved them. Oh, this is Adi. Yeah. Okay. Othniel. Adi. Mm hmm. 
Okay. So the spirit of the Lord came upon him so that he became Israel's judge, leader. Judge and leader are kind of um, interchangeable here. Uh, and they went to war. Uh, the Lord gave uh, the king of Aram into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. So the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel died. So basically, Othniel came in, fucked shit up, killed the king, and then the Israelites were free for 40 years. Yeah. Right? Okay. They were they were free. There was peace. Um, basically, they did what they were supposed to do because they had a leader. Again, back to the whole sheep reference. They had someone to herd them, someone to get behind, someone to teach them, which is what the Levites were supposed to be for. So I don't know where the fuck the Levites are. Yeah, shouldn't be God, shouldn't God be shoving fireballs up these Levites' asses? I mean, that's what he did when uh, the sons of Aaron, like, used the wrong fucking incense. But now it's just like, you know, he can just lead them into, or th they could just do nothing and let the Israelites, you know, fucking suffer. Yeah, so I'm, it's, it's interesting how different the God of this time, like, it's, it's, diff it's, it's weird how God at this time acts differently, behaves differently. He, I mean, he's still vengeful and all that shit, but he's not so ingrained in their lives Mm -hmm. uh, as he was previously, and I'm not sure why. Maybe he got a new hobby. Right. Um, I, I'm not sure. Maybe he just was eating popcorn and watching. Maybe he had to go do something. Maybe he took a vacation. I don't know. But his interaction with the Israelites has changed significantly and mm -hmm. with no real explanation as to why. Similarly to how things are today. Um Today, if somebody was yelling on the street corner about being a prophet of God and how God talks to him, you, that person would probably need to go to a mental, mental institution. And even Christians would say so. Mm -hmm. If someone was standing on the street corner screaming that, or not even screaming, if somebody was going around doing magic tricks and telling people that they were the next Jesus. Yeah that person would be seriously condemned by even Christians. Um, so, but in that time, it was perfectly normal for somebody to say, I am this person who God has sent to do whatever. And they were accepted by the community and followed. Right. Um, so it's just, it's interesting. There is no, God doesn't have, God doesn't send angels. There's no like interaction like there was in the, in the old Testament. There's no interaction like that, even with Jews. So Jews or Christians or um, Muslims, that kind of interaction does not exist where it used to with no explanation as to why it no longer exists other than people are bad and do bad things. And now God is not as close to you as he used to be, which right. is bullshit. Um, Okay. So you ready for the next guy? Yes. Okay, so once Othniel died, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Because they did this evil, the Lord gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel. So now the Moabites have power uh, over the Israelites. The, the fucking Moabies. Yeah, so this is the um, Ammonites and Amalekites are the Moabites, okay? And they, uh, they got them to, they joined together and Eglon came and attacked Israel. They took possession of the city of Palms, which is also known as Jericho, which oh, is the city. Springs. Yeah. Palm Springs of the Middle East, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which if you remember from earlier was mm -hmm. to be never inhabited again. 
Right. Well, uh, you know, I was I, I was actually just looking up like the history of like the text and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This was actually written by a different person than like Joshua, and of course, color me shocked. Yeah, I know. So uh, it, it's no it's no surprise that mm-hmm. you know it was uh, it, it's contradictory because they they had different ideas. Yeah. You know, about things. And so. One, because uh, they're not actually writing history. Well, right. They're writing theology. Yes. That, that's why the entire book uh, of Judges is based around this idea of, you know, the Jews are in peril and they need a savior. And so God raises up a judge or a leader mm-hmm. to solve save that particular them. problem, save them. And, but then they fall back into disarray. Mm-hmm. It's like repeated. Which is actually kind of how Christianity operates. You know, God raised up a savior, which in this has to, of course, be better than any savior of the past. So he's the son of God. Right. And Jesus saves everyone from their sin. Uh, Forever. Forever. And then also like, you know, repeated worship of Jesus and God keeps you holy so you can go to heaven. You know, it makes it seem like Jesus was the last judge. Kind of. Yeah. Anyways, okay, go ahead. But what about the go- the dude at the pearly gates, Peter? P- um, I don't know, fuck that guy. He's at the pearly gates. He's not in heaven. He's outside of heaven. But I mean, he's a, he's kind of a judge. Well, I mean, he's not really a judge. He just has the list, right? He's like a bouncer. Well, yeah, but also that's in the celestial <laughs> realm and not here on earth. So I got you. Means, okay. I got you. <laughs> um. So, anyway, the Israelites were subject to uh, the Eglon king of Moab for 18 years. Okay. Okay. How long were they subjected prior? Was it like eight years or something? Eight years. Eight years before. uh, And then they were delivered by Othniel and had peace for 40. And then I don't know how long. It just says after his death, they fell back into their bad ways. Right. And the Moabs took possession of them at some point we don't know how long um or like how long that took right and then they became subjected to uh slavery you know by the moabs uh moabites for 18 years okay so they were able to put up with the slavery for about 10 years more mm-hmm. <laughs> like they built up a tolerance for the slavery yeah, like girl we know this shit so you know it's easy <laughs> yeah. so again again the israelites cried out to the lord and he gave them a deliverer ahud which you refer to as ben carson i know why now ahud hud well his name is spelled e h u d mhm yeah but it's actually pronounced ahud well, he, I mean, he's the HUD guy, as yeah. far as I know. Um, which is interesting <laughs> because, interesting fact in the Bible, I think this is interesting. Ahud is a left-handed man. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's cursed by the devil. Right? So I don't know how a deliverer was like, there are, there are a couple of things that, a couple kinds of people you can't trust, according to everything I've ever heard. Not, not real authorities on anything, but... I think it's funny, so, like, I say it in jest because I think it's hilarious. The two kinds of people you can't trust are um, gingers and southpaws. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we are. We've got a southpaw, Ahud. Um, he's the son of Jerah, the Benjamite. So Ahud is a Benjamite. All right. The Israelites set him with tribute to Eglon, to Eglon king of Moab. Now, 
Ehud has made a double-edged sword that was about a foot and a half long. Mm -hmm. Um, He strapped it to his right thigh underneath his clothing. Um, He went and presented a tribute to the Eglon king of Moab, who was a very fat man. (laughs) Literally what the Bible says, a very fat man. Um, After Ehud had presented the tribute, he sent on their way the men who carried it. At the idols, the word the word they use here is idols. It didn't really make sense, but apparently in this in this uh, verse, idols means stone quarries. Okay, so at the stone quarries near Gilgal, he or sorry Gilgal, uh, he himself turned back and said, "I have a secret message for you, O king," um, and that's Ahud speaking. Uh, the king said, "Quiet," and all of the king's attendants left them alone. Mm-hmm. So Ehud could give him his secret message. Um, Ehud then approached him while he was sitting alone in the upper room of his summer palace and said, I have a message from God for you. As the king rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, drew the sword from his right thigh and plunged it into the king's belly. Even the handle sank in after the blade, which came out his back. Ehud did not pull the sword out and the fat closed in over it. This is a very weird story. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, apparently his fat <laughs> ate the blade. <laughs> it's an ancient version of the blob. <laughs> yeah. Then Ahud went out onto the porch. He shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. After he had gone, the servants came and found the doors of the upper room locked. They said he must be relieving himself in the inner room of the house. Oh, that means masturbation. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So they waited to the point of embarrassment. I don't know what point that is. Uh, he can't be in there masturbating this whole time, guys. Otherwise, he's just going to pull his dick off. So maybe <laughs> we should go and find him. <laughs> but when he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked them. And there they saw their lord, the, the king, fallen on the floor dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this particular, like the, the stories that we're going through with the judges and whatnot, which we've got a small judge coming up here in a second, but I just wanted to work this in here is that this reinforces the idea that sin or this disobedience of God brings bondage. And then, you know, the entire time God delivers them up into bondage because they go away from sin. But then when God delivers a message, uh, a deliverer or a judge, a judge, it's painted as God's mercy. Yeah. God is saving them. God is saving them from the things that God did to them. <laughs> it's I really mean, fucked how, up. How, how, how much more Stockholm syndrome can you get? Yeah. It's, it's very, very odd. Um, so while the servants waited um, for, you know, whatever embarrassing thing was happening, death, um, Ehud got away. He passed by the idols and escaped. The idols would be the quarries. In, in this case, I don't know why they're using this word in this way in this passage. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, but anyway, he escaped to uh, Sirah. While, or when he arrived there, he blew a trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went down with him from the hills, with him leading them. Follow me, he ordered, for the Lord has given Moab, your enemy, into your hands. So they followed him down, and taking possession of the fords of the Jordan that led to Moab, they allowed no one to cross over. At that time, they struck down about 10,000 Moabites. All vigorous and strong, not a man escaped. That day, Moab was made subject to Israel, and the land had peace for 80 years. So I also think it's interesting. Either 
the Israelites are subjected to oppression and slavery mm-hmm. or the Israelites are oppressing and subjecting other people to slavery. Right. Why can't you just fucking live in peace? <laughs> I mean, come on. This is like, the, this is this point in history. Nobody lives in peace at this point. I mean, if you're not being, if you're not subjecting other people, then you're being subjected. Yeah. It's bizarre. So that is the story of Ehud. Okay, nice Ben Ben Carson story. <laughs> it explains why he thought that the pyramids were used for grain. <laughs> He's a nutter butter. Yeah. Okay, so um, peace for eighty years. Then we are to assume that he died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would assume that he died too. And that, and then the same shit, even though they don't talk about it, the same shit happened again. The Israelites fell into idolatry, blah, blah, blah. They don't have a leader. Uh, God gets pissed off. Again. Again. The Israelites are subjected to, who are they? Philistines again, whatever. So after Ehud came Shemgar, son of Anath. Shamu! Now, <laughs> this guy... I don't know if he was just a shitty judge or if by this time nobody cared to write it down. Um, but like he gets one verse about him. <laughs> his story, his story is one verse. Are you ready? Yeah. So Shamgar struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad. He too saved Israel. An ox goad is a cattle prod. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I mean, this is a short and sweet story. I don't know if maybe they were just like they were tired of writing the exact same shit every single fucking time. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's hilarious how we have these minor judges that pop up, which I mean, he only he only killed 600 Philistines instead of like the other guy who did like 10,000 plus a king. Yeah, and the other one, it says he went to war. I don't know. It, it doesn't say how many he killed the first one, uh, uh, Othniel. Um, but, yeah, Shamgar killed 600 Philistines with a cattle prod. Well, it's and, like Morgan on The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but, you know, uh, like, like I said before, all of this is repetitive yes. stuff. Because it's, you know, the Israelites' sin. God shows his mercy mm-hmm. uh, in quotes. <laughs> Uh, by raising up a judge, judge saves them, and they're fine for a little while. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's repetitive. And, I mean, that last part is repetitive in and of itself because, you know, he they fall into it again. They're subjected by Philistines again. A judge saves them again. And, it, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and actually we're going to continue that into next week. Um because yeah, we've got we've got more judges to get through. Oh yeah, we have more judges. Um, next week uh, we're going to talk about um, certain areas being oppressed by the Canaanites. Another judge. Let's see. Um, who's this? Deborah. Uh huh. Mhm. A woman. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, a little bit, but I mean, you know, there have been prominent women in the old Testament in the past, but they've always been seen as like a negative force. So I'm kind of curious to see how they go about it with Deborah. Yeah. So, so Deborah, uh, works with, uh, a guy named Barack. Ooh, Obama's in this. Yeah. Fuck. It's totally not Obama. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we're going to have that judge. We're going to have um, another judge uh, that uh, that actually I think we're only talking about this one next week. I think we're only talking about it. Yeah, we're only talking about this one judge. So um, we're talking about Deborah and Barack, and this is the story of them. She's she's the judge, and he they they work together. And then at the end of next week, we're gonna we're gonna have their story. Then we're gonna have the song of Deborah and Barack. Um, oh shit! Yeah, so they're gonna sing a song about the princes of Israel taking the lead, and may all your enemies perish. And it's a very very long song. Perhaps we can convince uh, GE here to softly strum on his uke while I read the song. I'm not singing Whoa. it. Why can't you sing it? I'm not gonna sing it. Oh, it's because it doesn't have like any actual instructions on how to sing it. Yeah. And it's long. It's long. I mean, it talks about white donkeys and. (laughs) Wait a second. White donkeys. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait for that one. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting song. Um, I love your white donkey dick. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to actually in, in the white donkey thing, we're going to talk about that. Then there's going to be some more shit that goes on about ships. And then they're going to talk about tent pegs. And uh, curdled milk. They're also going to talk about... Um, I think the tent pegs is a sexual thing. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, they're going to talk about um, uh, he- crushing heads and sh- uh, shattering skulls and piercing temples. And it's a very, very strange song. Strangely violent. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that you guys will tune in next time to hear about Deborah using white donkeys to smash skulls and, and masturbate on them. And Deborah's not the person who does that, but that's okay. You'll you will have your summary next week. Deborah and Barack <laughs> is who we're going to go over next week. Which is in case you want to like pre-look or whatever. Uh, judges chapter four and five is what we're doing next week. Yep. All right, heathens. Well, I hope that you guys will join us next week. Be sure to comment down below uh, with what you guys think about all this. Make sure you smash that like button and subscribe if you like this kind of content. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.